0: Oh. Uh-huh.
1: Alright, hey fam, it is Phoenix Kalida and this is the Swapcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. I uh, just wanted to do some updates about what is going on as far as sex worker news, sex worker rights, and all that jazz. Um, da-da. <laughs> so, I just have two articles I want to go over real quick here. I don't have a ton of time, but I think that these are important to discuss just to keep folks informed about what's happening. So... Um this first one is off of the stranger mm-hmm and it says on Wednesday the King City Council will vote on a motion that in theory is designed to stop human trafficking. The motion if it passes will require the county to develop a curriculum on how to instruct taxi Uber and Lyft drivers on how to spot potential sex and human trafficking victims. What could go wrong?? <laughs> Um, Mar Bretman is the executive director of the Business Ending Slavery and Trafficking, also known as BEST, a nonprofit that trains businesses on this very issue. And while the group did not immediately return a request for co- return a request for comment, Bretman told King Five that her group has helped train hotel employees. Oh, the ones that just pick out people who look suspicious based on their own personal biases, right? Hmm. Um. Which, you know, and if folks don't know why I say that, there's been tons of instances of people who uh, report what they think is human trafficking. And it's actually just people who are not performing the way that the person who is accusing them of being trafficked or being a trafficker perceives they should be behaving. Right. So, you know, there's been a ton of Twitter threads. I'm sure there's been um, written pieces about this, like one of the quote unquote signs that a woman is being trafficked is things like sitting alone in a hotel bar. Um, flirting with multiple men, um, not being overly friendly, uh, with hotel staff or bar staff, uh, asking for lots of towels, you know, things like that. And it's like, so really what you're saying is that a woman who's not, uh, with a man, like perceived as a husband, right? Or a woman who doesn't socially interact the way you want her to by being as, um socially polite as you expect a woman to be, or a woman who's a little bit too independent, uh, or a woman who appears to be promiscuous, which of course promiscuous only means they fuck more than you do, Um, you know, a a woman who's not performing femininity properly is suddenly at risk of being accused of being a trafficked victim. When it comes to interracial couples or interracial families, there's been cases where um, those folks have had police called on them because people assume right there's no reason that uh you know a black adult would be with a white minor or with a white woman right that it has to be some nefarious uh sort of shit which is you know how we got the man act right and so a lot of the things that result in people being accused of either being trafficked or being a trafficker are based on personal um biases held by the person who's calling the police right and that's just a huge part of how it goes anyways back to this article um. So there's a quote here from Kate. Uh, It says Adamo. I thought it was duh. I thought it started with a D. But here it says Kate Adamo. All right. Uh, Kate says human trafficking certainly exists, but as for many people, uh, as for how many people are being trafficked, there is very little data on this, either nationally or locally, uh, says Kate, who is a community organizer and partner with Reframe Health and Justice, who works with Sex Worker Outreach. People think there's a lot more information out there than there really is. Uh, there are multiple reasons for this. For one, sex workers, both those who do it on their own uh, and those who are forced into it, can be difficult to find, which is especially true now that Backpage and other sex work platforms have been shut down. What's more is there's not even one clear definition of traffic. Thank you for saying that, Kate. Uh, there have been a couple studies that look at specific sex worker populations, for instance, LGBTQ youth, but none have determined whether or not trafficking is an epidemic across all populations or if it's actually rare. And I just, you know, want to just point that out when people say like, oh, what do you mean there's no definition of trafficking? Are you supporting, you know grown men kidnapping 13-year-olds and holding them hostage and raping them? No, obviously not what I'm advocating. However, what I have noticed is that the way trafficking laws are set up, and particularly the way that they're implemented, uh, a lot of people get caught up for trafficking when there's no trafficking involved, right? You know, if you've been listening to the Swapcast, we covered a few episodes ago um, about uh, Alaska and how any prostitution-related crime is automatically a trafficking charge so you can be charged with trafficking yourself which doesn't really seem logical right and then we have uh cases where people have been accused of trafficking or pandering or pimping because they're helping another sex worker right there are sex workers who um you know have housing and they'll come across another sex worker who doesn't have housing and they'll say oh yeah you can come crash on my couch or you can um You know, come take a shower in my place in between seeing clients and all of a sudden they get a trafficking charge is saying, I'm going to let you sleep on my couch because you don't have a home trafficking. No. Have people been accused of trafficking for that? Yes. Um, There was a case uh, we actually covered on the, you know, my regular podcast, the black podcast that was in Florida. Where a man was accused uh, of pimping. He got charged with pimping his girlfriend because she was a sex worker. Um, Not because he was actually pimping her, there was no evidence of that. Um, She did not claim he was pimping her, but because he drove her to a job. He drove her to see a client, you know. So when I say that there's, uh, you know, we need work around trafficking, those are the things I mean. Because everyone just sort of takes it for granted and assumes when you say trafficking, it's like, uh, you know, like the movie Taken, right? Or like it's a very clear instance of, you know, someone being locked in some, you know, sleazy motel room, not allowed to leave and, you know, just tied to a bed and clients are just coming in and raping them. Obviously, that should be illegal. Obviously, those people should be punished. But, um, That's not necessarily how uh, trafficking policies are implemented. So, no, Kate's absolutely right Uh, in what was said here. We do need a lot of work on that, and there isn't one set definition of trafficking. So, back to the article yet again. Sorry, I'm feeling fucking tangency. Uh, What Kate does know is that in her years of doing outreach, the vast majority of sex worker concerns tend to be a lack of stable housing and violence from police, not trafficking. And yet you wouldn't know this from much of the rhetoric surrounding the issue in groups like Best and others that have increasingly targeted businesses thought to be hubs of trafficking like taxis, hotels, and airlines. While this seems like a noble effort, it doesn't always go as planned. As Elizabeth Nolan Brown, possibly the best reporter on the sex work beat today, um... You know, I didn't write that. That was actually an article, but I'm not going to disagree. Like, um, Elizabeth's work is quite amazing. Um, So she reported at Reason that there have been multiple cases in which employees trained to spot victims have targeted the wrong people. In one case, employees at a Frontier Airlines separated a 12-year-old black boy from his white father because they assumed he was a victim and that despite the boy's own protests, to the contrary, his dad was trafficking him. Don't worry, we're going to get into that story next because I have that one queued up. A race is often a precipitating factor in cases like this. And as Brown writes, the only victims who seem to be unearthed in real life are interracial couples and families who have been profiled and accused. Which, now, if y'all don't remember, um, what was it like I think a couple months ago, Liz Cheney. Um, was writing about how she stopped someone from being trafficked because she assumed that um, a white couple that had adopted a non-white child were trafficking her, and so she went and saw them, I believe, in an airport and like uh, informed authorities and all this and that, and then went on Twitter bragging about, um, "I saved this child from being trafficked," and authorities were like, "Yeah, it was just an interracial family, there was no trafficking, Liz," but you know, this is what happens when you have this fucking pearl clenching, pearl clutching uh, panic. Uh, you know, rhetoric going around, you know? Uh, While there is some logic to the idea that Lyft drivers would encounter victims more than, say, archaeologists, Adamo says there is no reason to put the burden of identifying these people on the drivers. What it may do instead is alienate their passengers, whether they're sex workers or not. It's incredibly othering, she says. If one of the issues is that sex workers are stigmatized, that they feel isolated, then asking random people to profile them and possibly call the cops is the worst possible idea. I don't disagree. And speaking of uh, Lyft and Uber and all that, do y'all remember um, a few months ago, some white woman, like, insisted she was almost trafficked because she got into the wrong Uber? Like, do y'all remember that? Where, like the uber model uh the car the her driver's uber model uh of their car was like very similar to another uber driver who was in the same place and she wasn't really paying close attention and got into the wrong car and when she asked the woman to turn around um the woman initially didn't respond because like english was her second language and she didn't speak english very well And so because she got into the wrong car and the person didn't stop immediately because she didn't understand what the passenger was saying because English was her second language, she insisted that she had almost been a victim of human trafficking. And it's like, or you just got into the wrong car. Maybe. You know what I mean? That panic, man. That moral panic will get you. Uh, Adamo says similar plans have been tied uh tried in new york where in 2012 the city council passed an anti-trafficking bill that penalized taxi workers who knowingly transported sex workers uh okay i mean so it's an anti-trafficking law but you get in trouble for transporting a sex worker now considering most sex workers are consensual sex workers it's almost like it's not about trafficking huh uh, both sex workers and drivers opposed this, as did then Mayor uh Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who told a radio station it was just too tif- difficult to tell who was a sex worker and who was not. Memorably he said that if a young lady dressed in a sporty was dressed in a sporty way, you could not assume she was a prostitute. That is such a polite, like politically correct way to put it. Um there are better ways to identify victims of trafficking, outreach, making meaningful, meaningful human connections, empowering communities, and having a safe place to go and report victim victimization are all best practices, says Adamo. Profiling by Uber drivers who already have enough to deal with is not among them. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I just... And then again, also, it still leads back to whatever the internal prejudice is of the driver. You know, or even honestly... Um... You know, I I sometimes wonder how many cases of alleged trafficking are just someone who's angry and reporting because whatever, you know, maybe your Uber driver just doesn't like you. So they report you as being uh, a traffic victim, you know, or if you are a consensual sex worker and all of a sudden now you have police, but you don't actually have a pimp. What do you do? Oh, you go to jail and you get arrested. Amazing. Wonderful plan. But that's because the plan is not actually to help sex workers or honestly to help traffic people. The goal, as always, is to end demand, which means ending the sex work industry by any means necessary. And there is no such thing as too much collateral damage in this fight for the prohibitionist movement. So, unfortunately, that's where that is. Um, I was actually about to log off being like, oh, I'm all, I've been on for almost 15 minutes. But I did say I had another story because I did queue up the one um, about this airline, right? So... This happened in North Carolina. A 55-year-old widower from North Carolina said crew members on his Frontier Airlines flight accused him of trafficking a 12-year-old boy sitting next to him. That boy was actually his adopted African-American son, according to a federal lawsuit that was filed in August. Oh, excuse me. Hillsborough resident uh, Peter Del... Delvecchia, sued Frontier and five employees, whom he said barricaded his son in the back row after lobbing false accusations of sex trafficking at him. That has to be terrifying for this child. Uh, As a group, the crew had no basis on which to suggest Peter was engaging in human trafficking or unlawful sexual activities other than their shared belief that Peter, a white adult man, should not be traveling in the company of AD, just the initials, black male child, says the complaint. Neither the employees, which include flight attendants and the pilot, nor the child were identified in court documents. Frontier asked uh, to toss some of Delvecchia's claims in a motion last week, saying the airline didn't deny him services based on discrimination because it uh, fulfilled a contractual obligation to transport Delvecchia and his son from Raleigh, North Carolina, to Las Vegas, Nevada. Crew members were also merely acting on training to recognize potential human trafficking victims when they removed the child from Delvecchia's presence. See... See, This is what happens. (laughs) These programs don't work. Uh, In this case, the flight attendants observed a certain behavior between Peter and AD that led them to question Peter's relationship with AD and to suspect human trafficking and abuse. Frontier does not comment on pending litigation, a spokesperson told the McClatchy News Group on Thursday. Delvecchi and his son were traveling to Death Death Valley National Park during a break from school in March 2019 when he fell asleep on the plane, according to the complaint. He says he was abruptly awakened when the flight attendant struck him violently on the head, causing a concussion. Damn. The flight attendant then accused Delvecchi of trafficking his son before taking the child against his will to the last row of plane and seating another male attendant between him and the aisle, according to court documents. A.D. asked repeatedly to be allowed to return to the seat by his father, but Doe No. 1 and Doe's No. 2-4 through would not allow A.D. to leave the seat in which Doe No. 1 had placed him. DeVecchia said the flight attendants ultimately falsely imprisoned his son for several hours and that the pilot reportedly sanctioned those actions. They refused to believe Peter and A.D. were father and son, being told, uh, despite being told so by both Peter and A.D. One crew member also allegedly touched A.D. inappropriately during this time. Oh my god! DeVecchia said law enforcement was at the gate when they arrived. One flight attendant uh, could... Be, uh, one flight attendant could be heard saying that as he was deplaning that the FBI, the FBI was waiting for your ass, according to the complaint. Frontier's conduct caused Alvecchi and his son, mental anguish and distress, said the complaint. He's seeking compensatory and punitive damages for claims of discrimination, intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress, false imprisonment, battery, defamation and invasion of privacy. And now, see, and this is the thing, because nobody wants to see children being trafficked, but like, what was the basis that they were an interracial family? Like what I'm going to need to know, like specific details of what they were doing that made it appear that it was more than what it was, you know? And unfortunately this, um, these trafficking trainings seem to be more like, you know, uh, make assumptions and presume guilt first, ask questions later, get police involved as soon as possible. And, Of course, you know, we know police love to have the uh, shoot everybody first, ask questions later mentality. So they're not going to de-escalate anything. But, yeah, it's just a mess all around. So I kind of have an issue with these trainings and that they keep bringing them to more and more and more companies. It was bad enough when it was hotels. But now taxis and lifts and Ubers and airlines. Man, I can't go anywhere. All right. Uh, That is all I have for the Swapcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. I know I need to log off because my voice is like starting to get kind of. Uh, I can hear it. I can hear like a. What is that? My vocal fry. I can hear it. It's just coming out because I'm tired. And I need to go to bed. All right. Um, y'all, please stay as safe as you can. Thank you for listening to the swapcast. We will be back with new episodes soon.
0: Be well. Bye. One, two, going to run back to me because I'm the baby. They never won-